how many is thankful for his love? Amen. God is there to touch us in our lives and to be there for us in our darkest moments, our darkest times. He's always there, and we're thankful that we have that confidence that we can believe today that in his word that said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you, amen, even to the end of the world. And we're still here, so that means he's still here. And he's still here to touch hearts and lives and to minister to needs, amen. If you have a need, you want to make it known to the Lord, just lift your hand up to him today as we go to him in prayer. Just ask God to come personally by your way and touch your heart today. Father, Lord, I'm so thankful, God, there's no shadow that's too dark that you can't light up. There's no mountain too big that you can't overcome. Lord, today we ask, Father, that you would come and you would touch our hearts by your presence. Lord, that your life would just flow through us, Lord, today. And Lord, if there be anything we've done or said that would be displeasing to you, Lord, that you would forgive us. Wash us by your word today, Father. Lord, do you see the hands that were lifted up all over this building? And Lord, there's many also this streaming this morning because of sicknesses and things. And God, we just ask, Father, your presence to just move and fall among us, Lord, and touch each and every heart, I pray. Lord, we ask, Father, for a touch this morning, Lord, in a uh, nursing home or a rehab center. It's a man laying there, Father, seemingly as the doctors are looking at it, dying. But, Lord, it just takes one nod from you. And, Lord, you can move in impossible situations. Lord, we speak the name of Jesus over our brother Ross, Lord. And situation there, Father, that you would come and you would move, Lord, we pray. Lord, for the others, Lord, in our midst, Father, that's sick in their bodies and situations, Lord, we ask, Father, you'd touch them. Brother Ron today, Sister Erica, Lord, Lord, this um, girl, Lord, that's been, we've called her name, Lord, that's had this disease, Lord, that's eaten her flesh, God, may you just come and minister to her today, I pray. Lord, we commit this time to you, everything to be said and done for your glory and for your honor. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Amen. Kind of like David this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I enjoy being in his presence and with his people. Amen. And if you're a visitor here with us today, I pray you're blessed and feel welcomed as well. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Actually been a little bit down in my body this week and feeling much better today, but I uh, wasn't able to be here Friday night, Brother Aaron, speaking on the church age studies, and uh, but I got to stream it, and I have to say I was I was blessed, Amen, and Amen. If you missed it, and it's open to anybody, it's worth coming to. It's the Word of God, 
Amen. His word is uh, there to uh, touch us in our lives, and we saw the, the Spirit of the Lord move in a Bible study and, and touch many hearts and many lives. And, you know, I, I think we never should come to the point or the place to where we think we know it all, but every day we ought to be looking for more of Him. I, I believe God can use one verse for, for a long time and open it up over and over and over to our hearts and our lives. And, 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 and I, th- I know as humans, sometimes we kind of get uh, puffed up in our, 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 our degrees of the, of the message or of the Bible, but uh, I believe we ought to always be looking for more of God and more of God in our hearts. And, and this morning, I'd like to take again out of this scripture, but I'd like to speak on the light, the two-mouthed sword, the two-mouthed sword. Actually, if you look at the two-edged sword there, as, it would, as you would look into the, the word, it actually means, uh, I can't pronounce the Greek word, but it, it means having two mouths, therefore has two edges. We could also look, but we know where uh, the word of God is spoken, amen. It's not, uh, you know, the sword that we have today is, as I get into this and this thought, and we're going to speak about the hand that holds the sword, but I want you to, when you think of that, it's not a, a certain sword or a physical sword that we're handling this morning, but a spiritual sword. And so it's not that we as, as Israel or others of the Bible would take a physical sword and fight a physical enemy. Amen. We have a spiritual fo- sword, but it'll fight our spiritual enemy that we face in this time and this life that we're living in. And so when we speak about the hand that holds a sword, the sword in our day is actually held in our mouth. And so it's the mouth that speaks. And, and we can read about it in Revelations 1 and verse 16. It said he had the right hand, seven, seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And also uh, in Revelations 2, it talks about these things, saith he that hath the sharp sword with two edges. So it's a sharp two-edged sword or a two-mouth, each, each edge representing a mouth. The sword was not held in the hand, but it's held in the mouth. It is the word of God. Words that are spoken that have great effect upon an, on, the, on our enemy. A word that has power and is able to defeat the devil in every one of his attempts to stand up or block the promises of God. Now, the sword of God, it cuts both coming and going up and down and in and out. In other words, in any situation in your life, if you'll use the word of God, it will do great, uh, great harm upon your enemy. It will cause him great uh, uh, conflict or great hurt. The word will cut when it's used. It's sharp. It's able to cut any disease. It's able to cut out any spirit of hell. It's able to come against the powers of Satan and defeat them by the spoken word of God. The Bible must be put in action by your lips speaking. Amen. The word of God, you know, was spoken before it was written, but now it's written in order for it to be spoken. Amen. So it's not good enough to just have a Bible as you would lay it on your coffee table or on your, on your book, or your shelf beside your bed. And it's a beautiful Bible and point and look at it and even read it. But you must take what you read and allow it to come into your heart and by inspiration begin to speak the word of God. And when you do, it puts something into action. It's not enough that God has spoken the word of God and God has anointed men to write it upon paper, but it must be spoken from your lips in in order for it to become powerful to your situation. 
Amen. You know, Isaiah 49 and verse 2 said, he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. Amen. So it's not just God's mouth is a sharp sword, but your mouth has he made a sharp sword. Now, Brother Joe talked about it as he began to take the prayer request that, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So it has a sharpness to it that can bring life or it can bring death. It can bring life to the situation that you're in and death to your enemies. Or you can use it in such a way that it'll bring death to your children or death, amen, to the, your brother around you. But we want to use it in the way God has orchestrated it for it to be used. Amen. The word of God is never something that we should take and use against our brother, but it's something that you should take into your mouth and begin to speak against the enemy that's in your life. Amen. And so this word, amen, is, is with us. And we can read about it in Romans 10 and verse 5. He says, For Moses describeth the righteousness which of the law, that men which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh, come on now, it, it readeth, it speaketh on this wise, saying, Not in thy heart, who shall ascend from heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend from the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? <clears throat> what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth? Amen, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach or speak, amen. It's the word of faith that we preach, amen. It's not a word of faith that we read and say it's a good word or, or agree with it, but it's something that comes on the inside of us and begins to, begins to anoint a part of our life and out of our mouth, we begin to speak the word of God. And when we speak it, it goes and it cuts out spirits, it cuts out demons, it cuts out sickness. It cuts out diseases of every kind. And if thou shalt confess or speak with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So to be saved, you have to speak. Amen. Not agree, not just say, well, that's okay and nod your head, but no, speak the word of God. That's why it's important when we come to the house of God and the word is spoken that we also, amen, speak back. Amen, we're not just a bunch of church nodders and saying, yeah, that's right. But no, something is coming out of our hearts and is speaking back to the word. Amen. The word, it, it, it's, this word, this word of God is near. It means he's right there ready to help you. He's near you or close to hand, meaning he's ready to help you at any moment. But it takes you speaking the word. He's ever present, but you got to speak the word. Amen. He's ever able to help, but you got to speak the word. His word is always near. It's already always ready to fight. It's always ready to be taken off of paper and put into action. How? By speaking. Amen. The word in Ephesians 6 and verse 17, the sword, it take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We all want to read it in a different translation. It says, embrace the power of Satan's, or salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor sharp sword of the spoken word of God. 
Amen. The spoken word of God. Amen. Listen, it wasn't just enough for God to think, let there be light. There had to be an utterance that went out of his mouth and said, let there be light. It's a spoken word or a declaration. It's declaring, amen. This is why Paul said we have the same faith. According as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We have believed, therefore we speak. The word of God is like a sword that has two edges. It's cutting both ways and it's doing terrible damage to the enemy. Amen. As we read, this, the Ephesians calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God. This word mean, this word of God is actually from the Greek word rima, which means or is something that's spoken clearly or vividly or in un- unmistakable terms and undeniable language. So it's not something that you just mutter to the devil, but he knows what you're speaking. He can clearly hear what you're saying. Amen. It's undeniable language that is spoken that goes out of your mouth. It is a spoken word. You know, here's an example of Rima or a spoken word. You're praying about a situation and, and suddenly a Bible verse rises up inside your heart. And at that moment, you're consciously aware that God has given you something to stand on and claim for your situation. And therefore you receive the word that come out of the mouth of God. It's dropped in your spirit, but it can't stay there. It has to be spoken. The word of God was so sharp that it'll cut right down through your questions, through your intellectual abilities, through your natural logic, and it'll lodge deeper within your heart. And all of a sudden, amen, it begins to germinate there and it begins to rise up out of you and you begin to speak it and release the power that's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You received a word that come right out of the mouth of God, dropped right into your heart, and God now is speaking it through you. Well, he has no lips on earth but our lips, right? Amen. So it takes us, amen, as a vessel. And so the word come out of the mouth of God. Next, it has to come out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, it becomes a sharp two-edged or literally two-mouthed sword. One edge of the sword came into existence when the word of God come out of his mouth and the second edge comes into existence when it comes out of your mouth. And it'll cut coming and going. It'll cut coming up and down or backwards and forward. It doesn't matter. When it comes out of your mouth, it's going to inflict harm on your enemy. That's why the enemy is trying so hard. Amen. He don't care if you believe it. He just don't want you to believe it enough to speak it. And then when you speak it, amen, light comes out of your mouth and it goes against the darkness that's trying to stand up against you and it begins to fight against it and it begins to push it back. That's why it's important when we come to the house of God, we speak the name of Jesus. It ain't just enough to believe the name of Jesus. You gotta speak the name of Jesus because in the speaking of that name, there's power over every devil. There's power over everything that would hold you when you speak the name of Jesus. Something begins to happen when you finally rise up and you speak the word of God. The moment it comes out of your mouth, the second edge comes to the blade. 
Nothing is more powerful than the word that first comes from God's mouth and then your mouth. Amen. Amen. Nothing is more powerful than a word that comes from God's mouth and then out of your mouth. You and God have come into agreement. You're on the same blade. <laughs> Amen. An agreement releases mighty power to your situation. This is why he would say in the Patmos vision, don't fear John, don't fear little flock. All that I am, your heir to. All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst. I've not come to bring fear and failure, but love, courage, and ability. All power is given to me and it's yours to use. How am I going to use this power? You speak the word and I'll perform it. I can't tell you how, how many times in prayer lines, you know, you want to get people to confess things. And I'm not even necessarily talking about sin, but that's, that's an important thing. I'm, I, that is an important thing to do is to confess and make those things right. But to confess, amen, first, they're a child of God. Just a few day, a few months ago, I was in a prayer line, and you know, and I understood later that the sister came from a church that they were taught that sisters to remain quiet and not say anything because it's what Paul said. And so they were even in church. They made it down to the point that we're in church. They can't even say Amen. They can't be vocal. They can't say nothing. What is that? That is the devil trying to clamp down their freedom. And trying to make it to where they can't experience the release of the power of God in their life. And so in this prayer line, I didn't know who she was, didn't have no idea uh, of the situation. And I said, sister, and she come up asking for prayer on a, situ a certain situation. I said, see, I can pray the prayer, but unless you confess that God's going to do this for you, it's not going to do you no good because I could see there was a hindrance there. And she went to speak it and it couldn't come out of her mouth. I said, you got to speak it. And she would try and it wouldn't come out of her mouth. And finally, she, her hand went up and I said, don't put your hand over your mouth. You got to release least the power of God for your situation. Amen. That's why there's power in confessing the word of God. It's not just believing it, but confessing it, speaking it, letting it come out of your mouth. Amen. For your situation. But she never could. And she went out just as bound as she ever was. So this is why I want to bring it to us is why the devil tries to clamp down on our amens. He tries to clamp down. You heard it last Wednesday night, our response. He tries to clamp down on that because he knows there's power in that response for you. Amen. What if Hattie Wright would have never responded? And she just nodded and said, yeah, I'm okay, yeah. No, there was something that come out of her that's nothing but the truth. And Brother Bram said, standing in that powerful anointing. What anointing? The word that came out of a little woman's mouth. God gave her their, her two sons. Jesus would try to teach us this in Mark 11, chapter 20. In the morning as they passed, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto him, have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he thinketh. (laughs) No, I thought a little curveball. Whatever he readeth. Whatever he nods to. No, whatever he saith. He saith, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. It is the words that spoke that moves mountains. It's not good enough just to believe it. You have to speak the word of God and that moves the mountain in your way. Listen, your mountain knows your voice. And he didn't say, go get a preacher and have him speak to it. Or just the disciples could speak to do it. What I read said, whosoever. Do we have any whosoever's in here, in here this morning? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Now, he didn't say it was going to remove in one moment. It does sometimes. That's a miracle. But many times it's healings and, and it looks like there's just a, maybe not, you can't even hardly see a, a trickle of sand. He said, but if you'll stay right there and what you have spoken, God will perform what was said. It's the word that spoke. It's an, it has to be an utterance. It's speaking the word that gives it the sharp edge to cut through and remove mountains of fear and mountains of unbelief. Mountains of sin and things that's held you. Amen. It takes a spoken word. What is a word? A word is the manifestation of a thought. It is the expression of a thought. Is that right? Before you say anything, you sub, subconsciously, you think it before you speak it. Now, some people's a little faster at that. <laughs> it's what you call having no filter. Yeah, they just some come, but they had to still think it. They just didn't allow that thought to sit there just a nanosecond before they said it. Amen. But listen, it, Brother Branham talks about, he said, you have to see that your motive and your objective is right. And he said, when that is right, and you see that you're standing there looking at a mountain, and this mountain has no right to be there. Come on now. That mountain has no right to be there in your life. It has no right to stay there over your children, over your situation. But listen, you can allow it to stay there as long as you look at it and say, well, I believe it's a mountain. I believe God said I could say something. But it never comes out of your mouth. In the beginning was the word, and as far as we could go back. But before the word was, it was a thought. And a thought was made manifest. He thought, and then he spoke. And then it became the spoken word. Amen. The word was made manifested. Jesus, no wonder when he came off the hill that night and he looked around the tree for food and fig tree and there was no food. And he said, no man eateth from thee. And he went on his way. And the next time they come back, the tree was withered. 
The mind in the beginning was a thought before it was a word and it expressed Jesus Christ. The same one was expressing that word again. <clears throat> it was a creative word of God. It had power over nature. It had power over every circumstance. It had power over every situation. Every word in the Bible is God's thoughts laid in seed form. And if received into a human being and spoke by the same thought that materialized in the Bible, it'll bring it to pass. How powerful could the church be? The Bible said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. And God said, let there be a world. Before there was a word, it had to be a thought. And God in creation created the word by thought first. And then he spoke it. And if that same spirit that said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be trees. And there was trees. If that same one is in you and in your mind, not your mind, but the mind of Christ. How much more could it say? me clear my voice how much more could it say let there be no cancer glory to God I wanted the devil to hear that real clear let there be no cancer and it would be gone let the blind eyes be open and it'll happen You say, well, my church don't believe that. Well, get a different church that believes the Bible. Whosoever says to this mountain. You say, well, that was Jesus. Wait a minute. He said, have faith in God. For verily, verily, I say unto you. Whosoever's. If you shall say to this mountain, be moved and plucked up and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever things thou sayest, ye shall have it. What power has been given to the church of the living God? You can exp- now you can express it by mental conception, but it had first be- has to become a real revelation of God and see, and you see it before it happens. You believe it and you express it in word form and then that word takes hold and it becomes materialized, a thought expressed. What kind of people should we be? <clears throat> if the very Holy Spirit that has you so embody, has empowered you that you don't use your own thoughts and you don't use your own mind. You don't use your own opinion. Uh Uh-oh. But the Holy Spirit, as you so build into your thoughts and you being God's spirit expressing itself through you, what kind of church should we be? What kind of people would, would even like Tabernacle be this morning so filled with the presence of God until you don't even use your own mind? You don't even use your own thoughts, but you're led by the spirit of God. I believe there ought to be people like that. 
led by the Spirit of God. And they that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God takes its vacancy, where you emptied yourself out, he will fill it. Then your thoughts will become words and your words will become materialized. That's when the church is in its power. I believe it's on the road right now. That when the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind so away from themselves that they don't see themselves. They don't have, they don't have no thoughts of their own. Their thoughts are moved out and they refuse the things of the world. They move in the spirit. They live in the spirit. They walk in the spirit. Moving under the unction of the Holy Ghost. See, your words can change your atmosphere. It can actually change the atmosphere around you, your words. Your words can produce an atmosphere of unbelief or it can produce an atmosphere of faith. Your words can produce an atmosphere of sadness or it can produce an atmosphere of happy and glad. Your words produce that. Come on now. Your words, by the power of your tongue, right now you can produce an atmosphere around you of faith to believe all things are possible and God come down and materialize what you've been looking at and wondering about for 20 years. God can come and do that in just a moment by the words that comes out of your mouth. It can produce such an atmosphere around you. Amen. Why is preaching so powerful? Because it's words being released. Not just the words of a mortal man, but the words of Almighty God through the foolishness of preaching is an expression of God's thoughts being released in power. No wonder spirits have to bow when the word goes forth because it's being spoke. Your testimony can change your atmosphere. You want to change your home? Start changing your words. Well, I want to change my husband. I want to change my, change your words. Yeah, I know that hurt. I'm just preaching to you the word. May not be what you want, but it's what it is. I want my home atmosphere to change. Well, it starts with you and your words. I want the situation around me to change. Well, it starts with you and your words. Words have power in them. Spoken words. Now, you know, uh, it, uh, your testimony changes your atmosphere. When your mountain tries to hover over you and cast shadows on you and say it's impossible and how big it is and how impossible it is and, you, and people have tried to move it before, what you need to do is look at your mountain. And start, stop testifying how big your mountain is. Quit testifying of your sickness and what's wrong with you and what this doctor said and that doctor said. Quit testifying of that. Start testifying of what God did for you. It'll change your atmosphere and all of a sudden it'll go from unbelief to faith. Amen. What you need to do is start looking at that mountain that looks so tall and so high and so wide and so impossible to climb and so impossible to get past. You need to start telling that mountain. Do you know what mountain? I serve a great big God. 
and he ain't found one mountain yet he can't conquer. He ain't found one impossibility that he can't make possible. He ain't found one situation he can't handle. He hasn't found one sickness that he can't heal. He hasn't found one sin that he can't cure. Tell the mountain how big your God is. Start using the word. Let me ask you this morning, is the mountain bigger or your God bigger? Depends on who your God is. Amen. But if it's the God that said, let there be, there ain't a mountain too big. When you said mountain be moved and it still stands there, you say, well, it didn't happen. Oh, it did happen. It did happen. When you said mountain move, maybe one little insignificant looking grain of sand turned over and started to roll down the hill. Out of the hundreds of billions and billions of tons of sand, one little grain moved, but it's begun to take place. Hallelujah. It's begun to take place. You hold that faith until you see that mountain disappear. Thou shalt say in thy heart, disease, move from my child. Disease, move from my body in the name of Jesus Christ. And don't doubt. And right from the good germs, right there, the good germs will take on new armor. Oh, my. Them good cells in your body, they'll get strengthened when you begin to speak the word of God. They'll take on new armor and they'll get new weapons and they'll get a new strength to fight the enemy. He's defeated because Christ has taken him down to Calvary and stripped him of everything he had. Therefore, we're not speaking a defeated word. We're speaking a word that'll defeat every devil. We're not speaking everywhere, a weak word. We're speaking a word that's strong enough, that's powerful enough, that's great enough to move any mountain. But it comes down to this. This is quite an incredible thought. He says in the Pergamian church age, he said, I wonder if we're sufficiently impressed with the word that's in our midst. That kind of strikes deep, don't it? If we're really impressed, we get impressed by a lot of things in this life. We get impressed by whatever this one can do, whatever that one's done. But what are, are we sufficiently impressed with the word? Is he a big enough God? Is he truly the champion of champions? Is he truly able to come and move in your darkest moment and change everything just in just a moment? Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed with him enough to know he can do that. Listen, we get impressed by mountains. We get impressed by beautiful landscapes. We get impressed. You know, you go to the Grand Canyon, you get impressed. You go to uh, great mountains of uh, the, uh, the Alps, you get impressed by their beauty. But who made all of that? <laughs> the God that called you. The God that spoke your name. 
He planted a seed over there and uh, thousands of maybe millions of years passed, let there be light. But he had a seed laying there and at about two year 1900s or 2000s, whatever it was, all of a sudden that seed that was laying there for thousands of years, a word began to speak out. And he had enough confidence in his word just as much as he said, let there be, that he didn't care how bad the climate was. He didn't care how dark it was. He didn't care how much drugs and alcohol and spirits of every kind. He knew when his word went forth, it's going to come to pass. So he allowed the devil to create his own Eden. He allowed him to bring all of his spirits into this realm. And he said, hey, devil, you can do all you want to do. I'm still greater. You can wall up the walls. You can make mountains so high. You can pour concrete over my sea. But when my light begins to shine, they're going to come out. They're going to come forth. And there ain't enough devils that can stop them. Did you hear the word this morning? There ain't enough devils in this world that can stop a child of God from coming forth to what God called him to be. Maybe we need to change our impressions to be significantly or greatly impressed by the word that's in our midst. Listen, We're not speaking the words of mortal man. There's been great men that spoke great things. They made great speeches. Abraham Lincoln's, Paul Revere's, John Paul Jones. Great things that we hold on today. I've just begun to fight. That's a great word. I like using that. But they, those men, they lived and they died. And you couldn't get them here today to speak another word. They're gone. They lived their life. Some of them that spoke great things were actually terrible men. But I'm not speaking to you about a mortal man this morning and taking mortal man's words and speaking them, I'm talking about are you significantly and sufficiently impressed with God? He came as a man, he died as a man, but he rose again. And his word is still has the power in it to do everything that he said it would do. It's not a mortal man. It's not a man when he dies, his word has no more power anymore. This God's word still has power. Therefore, we can have confidence that this is, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have desired of him. So what is the will of God? There's only one way to know his will and that is the word. He says in Lamentations 3, Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass when the Lord commandeth it not? There it is. If it isn't in the word, you can't have it. But you can't ask for it unless it's in the word. Well, that's great comfort to me because healing's in the word. Salvation for my children is in the word. Amen. Situations, uh, overcoming depression is in the word. It's all there. 
We can't petition or ask unless it's in his name. There it is again. Jesus, the name is the word. You can't separate God and the word. They're one. Now the word he has left behind on the printed pages is part of him when you accept it by faith into a spirit-filled life. He said that his word was life, but what exactly is he? I am the way, the truth of life. If any man not have the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. There it is. He is spirit and he is life. That is exactly what the word is. And that's exactly what Jesus is. He is the word. So when a spirit born, spirit filled man in faith takes the word into his heart and places upon his lips, why that's the same as deity speaking. That's the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. If the church way back there in the third age had only held on to the revelation of the living word in their midst, the power of God would not have faded like it did in those dark ages. And right today when the church returns to the word and faith, we can, and we can say without a doubt that the glory of God and the wonderful acts of God will be in our midst again. <laughs> Now, I'm going to go to a very familiar scripture, Revelations 10 and verse 1. It's something that's been fulfilled in our day. Amen? And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as the sun, and his feet as pillar of fire. A lot of light right there. A lot of light. And he had in his hand a little open book, or book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. And he cried with a loud voice. Oh, there had to be an utterance. Cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And we know what those seven thunders are. They're the revelations of the seven seals that God has given in this day. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice, a voice from heaven saying, let me seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven <coughs> and swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Excuse me for a moment. Who created heaven and the things that they're in and the earth and the things that are therein and the sea and the things that are therein that there should be time no longer. So this God has spoke into existence, the land, the sea, everything that was in. Are we sufficiently impressed with this God? (laughs) But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, Seventh church age, seventh angel. And when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he declared to his servants and prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, go and take the little book which was opened in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went into the angel and said, give me the little book. And he said, take it, eat it. Take it, eat it, and it will make thy belly bitter, and it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, but in my belly it was bitter. And then he said unto me, thou must prophesy again. 
So it wasn't just good enough for the seventh angel to say it, to speak the words that God had uttered. But they, he, John, as a, as a type of the bride, had to take the word, eat the word, and then speak the word. There's power in speaking the word. Now we know what was given in this time that we're living in. This message that we received is literally the king's sword. It came in a prophet's hand and it came down in his hand. He said he looked at it. It was a glistening and shining. And he said, I wonder, he said, I was always scared of swords. He said, I'm so glad I didn't, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm glad too. I didn't live back in the days when they had swords and they fought with swords. I just, you know, if I got to die, give me a bullet. <laughs> Let it be over with. But slice me up and dice me up? No, thank you. <laughs> Do you understand the, the, the wounds that you can cause upon Satan's kingdom? Because God's giving you a sword. And you can slice him and dice him this morning. You can cut him from hither to yonder. <laughs> it's a king's sword. And he said, a king's sword? He said, no, the king's sword. Not just a king that lived and had a kingdom and he died and he don't, he, there's resemblance of things now and there's buildings left in his honor and you can go look at, no, no. This ain't a king that just died. This is a king that died and rose again. It's the king's sword. Amen. The word that'll defeat the enemy. Not just a sword of a king, but the king, the king who stepped out on nothing and created everything. A king who stepped out on nothing and it created everything. The king who spoke and light as a sword went out and it cut away darkness. And it broke the stronghold of darkness that was upon the earth. He had faith in his word, therefore he spoke it and it come to pass. And this king's sword, when you take it into your life and it comes out of your mouth, it's sharp enough still yet today to cut every devil to cut every sickness, every torment spirit off of you. That's why I've seen it right in the midst of preaching and the word and power being spoken and it'll go right out to where somebody is being tormented by a spirit and go, whew. And all of a sudden they'll realize I'm free. I'm free just as the speaking of the word, the preaching of the word went forth. It cut it out of my life. He has faith in his word. It will accomplish that what it's sent to do. Therefore, we must allow his mind and his thoughts that are higher than our thoughts. Thank God. They're higher than our thoughts. And they, that, that thought of God be what comes out of our mouth. Now we know, Abraham talked about the hand of faith. It talks about how strong it is. It's not, again, a literal hand that you're holding a sword this morning. But it has to be faith. He said if the hand of faith is strong enough, it'll cut a little hole through darkness and it'll say, by faith I'm saved. 
that's a great cut. But then if it'll all the stronger that hand is to yield the sword, then that's all it can cut. But if it's a strong hand, it'll cut, plumb through everything the devil's put there, and it'll make every promise of God shine forth in the power of his resurrection. If it's a strong hand of faith, the, the sword is plenty sharp. It's plenty powerful. It's plenty able. It just needs somebody that'll use it. It means he's somebody that picks up the thoughts of God and reveals them by speaking the word of God. Now the word will cut in there if there's enough harm behind it to push it in. It'll find a place. It'll find a place to cut. If you just get a strong enough arm behind it, the sword picked up an arm of faith, grip it tight, hold on to it, walk into the face of the enemy. He says, how can that uncircumcised devil ever stand in the presence of the eternal God? So you take the sword of the presence of the eternal God and every promise that belongs to you and you pick it up with that hand of faith and you walk forth. If you say, I need healing, cut it out. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you need salvation, every promise in the Bible is mine. He'll do it. He said, what does the Spirit fight with? What does the Holy Spirit fight with? Sensations? Feelings? No, no. Lord knows our feelings will give up on us real quick. And we don't always feel God around us. What does the spirit fight with? It fights with the word. Glory. Feelings? No, word, 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 word. Let's fight with the word. The spirit of God walks right up to the devil and says, it is written. It is written, and the devil starts moving back. You take the sword, which is the word of God. He said, brother, take the word, take the spirit, let the spirit come to your heart and say, open up your mind and say, thy word is what's true. He said, you do this, sister. Thy word is truth. Lord, I ain't, got, I ain't going to pay no attention to how I feel, what anybody else says, self says. I'm stopping up. I'm blowing out every one of my avenues is stopped up. All the frustrations, all the doubt, all the unbelief I've ever had, ever feeling all the sickness I ever had, everything I had, I'm blowing it all out and I'm coming right down to where you're at with the word and I grab the faith of God and the sword of the spirit and I say, thus saith the Lord and then scream, hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, hallelujah. Then cut every enemy that's in front of you. Can we do that this morning? Take the sword of God and cut that old spooky spirit that's made you feel all down. Cut it away with the word of God. Our strength is the joy of the Lord is my strength. Whoa. I heard a devil scream right there. Somebody's grabbing the word of God. Get away from me. Get away from me. Whack. And you cut him with the word, whether it be a demon, whether it be sickness, whether it be whatever, whatever disease, take the word and pull the sword and whack the first time. And if it doesn't move, whack again. And if it doesn't move, whack again. Keep whacking and whacking and whacking until you can see the light of God shining upon the promise for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Keep yourself out through that old shell of sickness. Cut your way out and say, hallelujah. Where's the next one? That's the battle. That's a true soldier of the cross. Knock every enemy out. There's enemies that's trying to sit upon this service. Darkness is trying to come in. But there's real soldiers here this morning. It's going to push past sickness. Well, I don't feel good. Well, I don't either. But that feelings ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen. It's the word of God. And the word of God is true. I don't care if you feel good or you don't. I don't care if you're happy or you're not. I don't care if you got joy in the soul of your, of your spirit, your spirit of your soul. I don't care if you're so sad and you're so down and depressed. The word is still the word and it's still the truth. It doesn't matter what you feel this morning or how bad you feel. The word of God is not dependent on you coming to Sunday morning and feeling like I feel good to be here this morning. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you'd rather be at home. Sometimes you'd rather be over on the ocean somewhere or doing this or that. But this morning, you picked your old body up and you put clothes on it and you got in your car and you came to church. Why? Because the word is the word and the word's still the truth. No matter what I feel like, no matter what's around me, no matter what it looks like, it's still the word. I need some soldiers this morning that'll grab the sword of God and go to whack it at the devil. I can have it this morning. I can have it this morning. I can have my joy this morning. I can have everything God has for me this morning. Whack, whack, whack. Hallelujah. I see light coming through. I see angels coming through that hole. You just whacked. Woo, glory to God. The darkness is trying to hinder, but there's some soldiers here. My king deserves a fresh strength of Pentecostal waters. And I don't care if I got to fight through 16 miles of Philistine. Where I got that one, where's the next one? There you are, got that one, where's the next one? Some of you this morning need to pick up your sword and make that depression devil's head roll across this floor. And then you go over there and you get that old head and you say, look at here. Look what God has done. Hallelujah. Where's the next one? <laughs> Hallelujah. Where's the next one? Abraham had to whack his way all the way through every kind of doubt. And we're supposed to be royal seed of Abraham. Well, I'm, I don't know about pulling swords. We're trying to be peaceful. 
I ain't got no desire to make peace with the enemy. Because you know if you make peace with him, you give him an inch, inch, he'll take a mile. Ask Joshua. Those people that, that deceived them. You know why they got deceived? Because they didn't go to the word. They took their own feelings, their own thoughts, what they thought. These men came with uh, uh, their, you know, moldy bread and the oil, their skins had made where they looked old and they'd come from a far off place. And we've heard what your God will do and how great he is. And we want to make sure that you don't come to, we ain't nowhere close to where you're at. We're way over here. Instead of Joshua going to the word of God, they had the word of God in their days called the Urimathama. And they could have asked the questions and it would have lit. And it would have told them exactly what the devil was saying. But they failed to go to it. They failed to question the word of God. And they allowed their feelings and what they saw take precedent over what the word of God. And they made peace with the enemy. And that peace began to afflict them. They found out they lived right next to them, right in their own promises, right in their own place, right where God had given them. And they failed it because they didn't use the word. Amen. How many times have we allowed ourselves to make peace? Well, I tell you what, Brother Timothy, every time there's a little movement in the church and I get excited, I tell you what, the devil comes on me after that and he brings such a nervousness upon me and he hurts me and he does this and all next week, I got all kind of troubles. Woo-wee. You know what that tells me? You need to whack a little harder. You need to whack a little longer. You need to whack till that devil's head comes off. And when he comes at you on Monday morning, you already have your sword out. Listen, I ain't promoting watching movies, but you know, I've seen a lot of Westerns in my day and them old cowboys, gunfighters, what they do? They didn't sleep with their gun over there in the corner. No, no, they didn't sleep. They, they knew there was somebody special, somebody after them. They didn't put it away over there. No, no, it was right there. An easy grabbing distance. <laughs> this is why David said, I've hid thy word in my heart. It's an easy grabbing distance. That when that enemy wants to come at you during the night, you start speaking the word. You hit him between the eyes with a double barrel shotgun and you unload on his hide. Quit allowing him to come and ruin your night's rest. Amen. You'll show him in the morning or during the night about two or three o'clock when he comes to torment you. I want you to pull all those covers back and say, devil, I don't come to you in my name. I don't come to you in my strength, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a word here and this word will defeat you anytime, any place, under any condition. Doesn't matter if you caught me sleeping. Doesn't matter if you caught me unaware. It'll still defeat you no matter where I am. Amen. Abraham, he chopped all all the way. He had to chop all the way to the promised son. He had to chop. 
he had to whack at it and whack at it and whack at it until it cut itself through. Then he'd say, where next, Lord? Move your tent up here. And he went and built an altar there. Got up there and Satan come and said, now I'll tell you, this ain't the right place. I'll stay right here, Satan. Get off my ground. Hallelujah. The royal seed of Abraham. Why? You know, it's, it's the same promises, the same God. Amen. Amen. When death comes up and tries to take you, it's coming up. I'm coming up your sleeve. Give way, Jordan. I'm crossing over. Cut your way right on through the darkness into the promised land. Amen. What is it? The royal seed that's full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost filled church filled with the Holy Ghost. Royal seed by the promise, not by sensation, but by the promises of God. They'll stand with the word of God and chop their way through screaming hallelujah like a chicken and an egg what if he's afraid to pip at it what if he's afraid to peck the egg what if the little chicken inside the egg little bird was afraid to hit that eggshell what if he heard a sound on the outside said don't hit that shell you might hurt yourself but in the nature of that bird tells him, peck a hole in it. Knock a hole in it. Let all those outside voices say all they want to. Days of miracles are past. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to get into fanaticism. You need to pack against that denominational shell. That wants to wall you in that only God does so much and God has so much power and there's no more laying hands on the sick and they recover. There's no, God don't do that no more baloney. My God, my Bible, that God's word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he once was God, he's always God. Well, I know, I know how it is. That devil wants to come at you in a service and say, don't, don't get too crazy. Don't peck against that. Don't peck against that shell. Why is he telling you that? Because he knows if you ever get out, you ain't going back in. Hallelujah. What you need to do is start pecking with all that you got. How do I do it? With the word of God. Satan, get out of here. I'm coming out. I'm not laying here no more. I'm not sitting here no more. I'm not the devil's grounds no more. I'm picking my way out this morning. I'm not a chicken. I'm an eagle. With that little eagle, with that triple uh, trip, trip hammer uh, back, uh, beat there, back, back against the wall, and he's pushed up against that shell, but he just starts hammering against it, and hammering against it, and hammering against it. Oh, my. He hammers himself enough to all of a sudden his wings can come out. Woo, hallelujah. I hope somebody can get a wing out this morning. Get another wing out this morning. Amen. The way you can fly into the promises of God. That devil's want to put a shell around you and say you can only go so far and you can only be so much and God's only called you so much and you only be this and no more. <laughs> well, you can worship, but just don't, you know, just go out into the desert there and worship and come back. I was hoping there'd be a few more swords in that. Yeah. 
Not today, Satan. That needs to be more than just a saying on your computer or on your cup. That needs to be words you live by. Because them words have power. Satan wants to come on a Sunday morning and say, well, today, you know, we're just going to have just a calm service. We're just going to have just a few moments of, of uh, just some singing and a few words of a preacher. And then we're going to go home and we're going to have some cups of coffee. Not today, Satan. Today is my day of victory. Today, you've walled me around. You've held me up. But today, I'm coming out of here. Today, I'm walking in victory. Not today, Satan. You need to get up on Monday morning. Not today, Satan. Tuesday morning. Not today, Satan. This is my day of victory. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Keep picking against that shell. God's wanting to give some of you some real victory this morning. The devil's held you in a shell of complexes, a shell of fear. That, oh, if I do that, what they going to think about me? Let them think what they want. I got the victory this morning. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Some of you need to start worrying less about what, what people think about you and more about what God thinks about you. What's causing that chicken to peck? There's an atmosphere on the other side that's drawing him out of the shell. And that pretty soon that atmosphere on the other side gets greater than the atmosphere on the inside. And it causes a stirring on the inside of him. And he starts using the word of God and say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm going to experience the Holy of Holies. I'm going to experience the Pentecostal blessing. I'm going to experience God for myself. Smash that thing. Some of you made your complex your idol. Smash that thing. Let's lift up the word of God this morning. By his stripes, I'm coming out of here. I'm not going to live in this place no more. He said, well, I need healing. <coughs> well, praise the Lord. Healing's for you. Healing's for me this morning. The promise is yours. But if you ever get it, you're not going to get it easy. I'm going to tell you that. You're going to have to take it away from Satan. Satan captures your health. You're going to have to go right down to Satan and say, give it back. Hand it over. Give it back, hand it over. I come in the name of Jesus Christ, the possessor of heavens and earth, and I am an heir to this. You're not, I am. Your name's not on it, my name's on it. 
It don't belong to you. It belongs to me. Give it back. You took my child. You got her mixed up with the wrong boy, the wrong girl. I claim them. That's right. I claim my children. I claim my brother. I claim my sister. Yes, Satan, you took them from God's house, coaxed them out there, but I'm coming after them. I claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. How can you do that? Because I'm an heir. It belongs to me. It was given to me. I can claim anything that God has promised me. How do you enforce the claim? By speaking the word. It's mine. I'm going to tell you right now. Let me say a few promises and let's see who will claim it. The promise is unto you and your children. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's a Lord God that heals all diseases. That's it. Start claiming the word of God and speaking and say, devil, it's mine. It's got my name on it. It was wrote there before the foundation of the world. It's mine. I'm an heir to all things. It was given to me. I can claim every promise. How do you get it? Something you've done? Nope. There ain't none of you in here that's worthy of all that. I'm not. Brother Branham, all the prophets through the Bible, none of them was worthy of that. We was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Coming to this world, doing what? Oh, speaking. (laughs) That was unplanned. Thank you, Lord. Speaking lies. So we've been good about speaking lies. Speaking what the devil wants to say. To, what the devil's been speaking in our ears. There's some of you that have spoken a long time. I'm lost. I'll always be lost. I'm no good. I'll never be any good. But all one day, while you was in that lost condition, down there in that chicken yard, you heard a voice from another realm. Son, you don't belong there. Come out of her, my people. Come out of the sin. Come out of the unbelief. Come out of it. I'm telling you this morning, there's a voice speaking to you saying, come out. Walk out of that jail cell. Walk out of that shell. You're not a chicken. You're an eagle. Satan tied you up down there. But there's a word this morning that's releasing you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Heavens and earth will pass away. But this notice that's got my name on it. (laughs) Woo, glory. It'll never Come on, somebody. It'll never pass away. It's mine from now through eternity. 
Satan cannot hold it as long as you go to him with the scriptural authoritative word with faith and say, lay it down. It's mine. Satan, you lay it down. You took it from me, but you, you give it back because this morning I'm serving notice on you. Woo. And it's not a notice that I have said. It's a notice that he said. But I found out you hid it from me and you try to keep it tied up in courts. But the judge has spoke on my behalf and he said, hey, Timothy, your name is wrote right here. Your name is wrote right here. There might be people that tries to cheat you out of houses and cheat you out of lands and try to hide it that your name wasn't on the inheritance. But in God's word, it's a voice that speaks this morning and says your name has been found on his and word. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I'm feeling good. Y'all can stand if you want to, but I ain't done. God's word will come to pass. If you say to this mountain, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. He said, when you go to the devil and you begin to speak to the word, the word to him, he said, that don't just get him started, that gets him running. Lay it down. Because I've come with a scriptural authority. I am a believer. What did Abraham do? First, in order to do this, he had to lay his faith upon a solid rock foundation of God's promised word. Look, the only thing he had was a little, when he went to go deliver Lot, he had just a bunch of servants, maybe a dozen, maybe a few, few, few men, up against maybe a thousand. Men wasn't soldiers, they were servants, they were cattlemen, they were sheepmen, they were herders. Just some old rusty knives they'd picked up somewhere. But Abraham wasn't looking at a rusty knife, he wasn't looking at a shield. He was looking at his faith laying upon the word of God. That's what does it. That's what does it. That's what does it. Your faith laying upon a written word of God. How are you going to fight them when you get there? It's not up to me. It's, not, it's up to me to lay my faith on what God said. That's mine. I'm going after what belongs to me. He said when people that's sick can see that, the sickness is just about over right then. Ooh, glory. When a sinner can see that you don't have to sin. That's a powerful thought. A lot of people, they sin because they have to sin. That's a pitiful shape when you say you have to sin. But when you realize you don't have to sin no more. There's people that can stand up and curse and laugh in your face and call you an idiot and everything else. Willfully sinner see. There's no hope for them. But the man who does something constantly, they don't want to do. He steals and he don't want to. He lies and he don't want to. He, he does things he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be a sinner. There's hope for him if he, can let, if he can let him see the truth. Come up to God's promise and lay your faith on that. Walk out there to the enemy. He just simply can't hold it no longer. That's all because it's yours. He just simply can't hold it no longer. That's all because it's yours. 
I read that again. The enemy, he simply, just simply can't hold it no longer at all because it's yours. Abraham said, I'm an heir. This belongs to me. Everything in this land belongs to me. Why? Because God said it did. Now, we're heir of all things. We're heir of all things. The Bible just said, just got through saying so here. We're heir of all things, everything. We don't possess it yet, but it's ours. I don't own an inch of land, but but it's all mine. It's all yours. Belongs to the people, the church, the believers, the bride of Christ. Owns every speck of it. Russia's fighting for it. United States are fighting for it. This one's fighting against that one. That one, and they call us crazy. Just sit still. You own it. This earth was not created for Satan and his angels. This earth was created for God's people. Just sit still. You own it. It's going to fall heir to it. Let them fuss, blow up one another. It belongs to us. We're the ones that'll get it. They'll never even think it, but we do. Who would have thought that a little poor man up there with those little skinny, bony cattle on top of the hill owned all of it? All of Palestine belonged to him. Yes, sir. So when he came to a place, that showdown came, God proved to him to be with him. He took that little handful of men and went out there and slaughtered every one of them and brought back his possession. He laid his faith upon God's rock promise. That's what it takes. He didn't build another foundation. He didn't go join another organization. He laid his faith upon a promise. He marched out there, rusty sword or not rusty sword, made no difference to him. His faith was laying on a promise. And when you come forth to be prayed for, if you want salvation, if you want divine healing, no matter what it is, if you are a believer, you're an heir to every promise. So lay your faith upon a promise and march forward and say, Satan, give it back. Give it back. It's mine. Don't let him bluff you. He'll stand there sometimes, but he has to give it back. That is your inheritance, and you have the authority because you are an heir to it. We see... Let me go back here. He says... After the battle, who come out to meet him? Melchizedek, the one who had given him the word. His word, he'd got the victory and now he returned back and he had fellowship with the one who had given him the promise. Oh, his word will become something new to you. Whenever you get, once get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you say, well, I can't see these things. I don't believe in shouting. I don't believe in spoken, speaking in tongues. I don't believe in divine healing. It just shows you don't got the victory. Well, one time, because it's in the Word. Now, I know men tries to take it out, but who cares what men does? It's God spoke it. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's God's word that promises and we believe it because we're an heir. Therefore, I'm an heir of divine healing. I'm an heir of joy. I've got a right to be happy. Amen. Well, so what makes you so happy? I got a right to be. 
<laughs> How do you know? Because I'm an heir to it. I'm an heir to happiness. I'm an heir to joy. I'm an heir to peace. I'm an heir to eternal life. I'm an heir to the Holy Spirit. I'm an heir to every, every evidence is God. I'm an heir to the authority of God. Who made you that? Not me. He did it. Every one of you is an heir to the same thing. We are an heir to a throne. He that overcometh shall sit with me in my throne as I am also overcame and sat with my father's throne. I'm an heir to all things. Not just one thing, all things. Everything is under your feet. Even death itself, hell, grave, everything is under your feet. Are you an heir to even like tabernacle? No. But I'm an heir to all things, both seen, present, future, to everything. I am an heir to it. And every sin and wickedness has been put under my feet by the grace of Jesus Christ. He rose on Easter morning, triumphed over death, hell, and the grave, and made me an heir and said, wait yonder and I'll give you the promise. And his anointed authority of servants said, the promise is unto you and to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm an heir. Can I say it like this? Brother Justin, why are you sitting here this morning? Because another heir took our position. She said, I want my brother back. I don't care what the devil's done, what he's tried to do. I want him back and I want my family together. What was it? That was more than a 16-year-old voice. That was a voice spoken in faith that said, I want my brother back. And that voice went forth out to other places, out past, amen, 546 White Oak Road, down a little trail, cut through some bushes, down through some woods, all the way over there on Bowling Drive, down in a little bedroom, laid another air. There was a seed laying there that the devil had tried to cover up and say it wasn't possible for him to serve God. It wasn't for him. Didn't matter what the devil said. It was what God said. Didn't matter how much the devil tried to put on him. It was what God said at the beginning. And God said, Justin, your name's on it. But another heir took her position and spoke the word of God. And it went through the realms of the darkness and light fell upon a bed. What was it? It was a sword drawn by a little 16-year-old girl and said, I've come to take my brother back. Come on now. If he'll do that for another one, won't he do it for you? Won't he come if you'll take the same authority and say, Satan, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. This mountain that stands before me, it'll not move by my might. It'll not move by my spirit, but it'll move by the power of Almighty God. And that sword come down in that room and he goes, and chains fell off. And that seed got up and it got in his truck and it came on a Wednesday night and fell down an altar the same night with just, just in a few moments of that girl's prayer. Amen. 
Don't ever think your words don't mean something. Well, Brother Timothy, I'm just going, I'm just going through stuff so much, I just wish I could die. You got it wrong. You can't die. You died years ago. (laughs) But you're going through so much, what you need to do is turn that power that's on the inside of you towards your enemy. Quit putting it towards yourself and put it towards your enemy. And say, Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. That's a son of God. That's a daughter of God. He belongs to Jesus. And I invoke the name of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Because there's power in that name. There's power above every situation. And I am an heir to everything that he has. Bringing it down to this last moment. Brother Branham said it like this in a prayer. I now challenge the devil to a debate. In other words, I got some things to say to him. Satan, you are aware that you are whipped. (laughs) Amen. Let Let me just put that today. Satan, you are still aware that you are whipped. You have no legal rights. My Lord Jesus Christ stripped you of every authority you ever had when he died at Calvary and he took away sin and sickness. You are nothing but a bluff. And this morning, I'm calling your bluff. I'm calling your bluff. You know that when the Lord came to the tree, he cursed the tree and the next day it was withered. And our Lord said unto his disciples, have faith in God. For if you say this mountain be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said, it shall come to pass and you can have what you said. Satan, you know the scripture on that. Oh my, he knows. And I have just taught this people that God is in them. Has that not what been taught this morning? And if God is in them and they speak to that disease and say, be away from me and don't doubt in their heart, right then that disease has to leave. For why? Jesus Christ said so. So in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of them. I say as God's servant by the message from an angel anointed and proved to this people that Jesus is here. The message is right. The word is right. And we stand upon the word this morning. So come out of them. Let me say it this morning. Satan, you've held them long enough. You've held young people in chains of complexes long enough. You put shells around them. You've held them down and you said it wasn't possible to come out. But this morning, by the grace of Almighty God, there's a word that's being spoke over them and it's calling them out of it. It's calling them out of it. I adjure you to leave every sick person. Well, Brother Timothy, there's a lot of sicknesses going around. I adjure you by the name of Jesus Christ to leave every sick person and get out into our outer darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
and it ran in the tail, and on the tape is a rushing mighty wind that sweeps to the building. He said, do you hear that? I'm sure you heard that. How many heard that great roar go through the building? That was it. Surely you won't doubt any longer. That was God speaking back. He said, don't you believe you're healed? He said, what did Jesus say? If you shall say, what is it? When you're out from Babylon, when you're out from unbelief, when you're out from superstition, when you're out from all the things and you're filled with God's own life, your voice is his voice. Your voice is his voice. You are. I spoke it in my room a while ago. God told me to do this. Listen to what happened. I spoke it in my room a while ago, and here he's come right behind it and confirmed it right now. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. God is moving in our midst to heal every person in this place. He just needs somebody that'll speak in faith. That's it. That's it. We're in a moment right now. What you ask will be given to you. The presence of God is here so strong in this place right now. I I spoke his word. I preached it. Amen. Through sicknesses in my own body. But I'm here to tell you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done. Hallelujah. He's here right now. He's here right now. The same presence that delivered a little woman as she run around this building. Amen. As we begin to speak, what shall I have? What do I have to dread? What shall I fear? I'm leaning on the everlasting arm. That same presence is right here in the building right now. Speak the word and the mountain will flee. Speak the word and the Red Sea will open. Speak the word and children will come back to their senses. Speak the word. Cancers will leave. Speak the word. Spirits of every kind of demonic oppression will fall off. Speak the word. I challenge you this morning. Amen. If you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost moving on the inside of you, I'm not saying a made up thing, but something moving in another round. Speak the word. He's here to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're in air. We're in air. We're in air. We're in air. We're in air to all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan, you are defeated. You are aware of that this morning. There's light that's coming to this building. That's moving back your dark, woozy spirit. You've held people under doom and gloom and spirits of every kind is defeated this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's victory in the house this morning. 
There's healing here this morning. There's deliverance here this morning. Hallelujah, Ch- chains are being rattled. I hear those chains falling, falling to the ground. I hear, I hear the voice, the shout of victory. Amen, if I was you, I'd start whacking at it. I'd grab me a promise and I'd start whacking at it. You devil that's tormenting my wife, I whack at you. He's a Lord God that heals all our diseases. You want to crown her life in these years, but I defy you in the name of Jesus Christ. You loose her and let her go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a freedom that's being released by your words right now. There's freedom being released on your situation by your words that are spoken by the word of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Omnipotence is here to speak. Break chains. Spirits of every kind. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's an utterance. is an utterance, Lord. You've heard my word. It is in your mouth. Don't be afraid to speak. I will fulfill what is spoken in my word. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too deep. There's none of your sons or your daughters too lost that I can't go after. You speak the word and it'll come to pass. 
The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. It is sent here for your freedom. It is sent here for your deliverance. But there must be a release. Satan, you're aware you're defeated. Now you loose them and let them go. I release these children of God into realms of worship, into the realms of the heavenlies this morning. All things are possible. You take your darkness, you take your gloominess, you take your spirits of hell and you go out in the outer darkness where you came from. Right now, every son is walking to freedom. Every daughter is walking to freedom. Families are walking to freedom. Walking out in victories this morning. Oh God, we possess it this morning because we profess the word of God. We profess this morning, by your stripes, I am healed. Now Satan, you take your dirty, dark hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we're walking out of here victorious in the power of the word. In Jesus' name. Blessed be the name of Jesus.
How sweet to say I once was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, is an empty place. If not, oh, sing it again, amazing grace, amazing grace.
And all will see how great, oh, how great is all. Let's sing that verse again, everything I need.